Hey, you're tuned in to Listen Back, the podcast, Creative Conversations with Lettucey. Are we still good? I'm really excited to have one of my favorite artists. His artistry is amazing. Uh, and one of my favorite songwriters too, vocalist. I mean, what can he not do? Hello. Titus Burgess is here with us on Listen Back. Titus, thank you for being here today. Oh my gosh, let us see. You know how I feel about you, my Man. dear. Uh, so I, I, all of those superlatives you gave to me, I'm giving right back to you. <laughs> I want to know before we get into your um, craft, I want to know what are you listening to right now, Titus? What's on your music playlist? Oh, my goodness. That's a good question. I have such a eclectic, wide-ranging, strange uh, uh, lineup. I think the last thing that I listened to on repeat, let's see, was probably Cassandra Wilson's Time After Time. Wow. Yeah. Just the texture of her voice mm-hmm. and the um, the way she delivers the information. Um, and I heard the melody in such a beautifully haunting new way. Um, you know, Cindy Lauper's version, uh, of course, the original. To me, um, juxtaposed to Cassandra's, uh, Cindy Lauper sounds more hopeful and, yeah. and much more um, optimistic. And here, Cassandra's, it feels like almost like the person doesn't believe her, you know? <laughs> it just is so beautiful. So I've been listening to that. Um, I have been listening to um, John P. Key, um, mm. Creating Me a Clean Heart. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I've been listening to the Mississippi Mass Choir's um, Hold On All Soldiers. Ooh. Wow. Um, yeah, that's with one of the Williams brothers, I believe, um, did the lead on that. So that's kind of been in heavy rotation and then, you know, a, a few of the things uh, here and there. So why did, why are those choices there? Is just melancholy, well, nostalgic, or with what's going on now? Oh, sure. Um, I don't know that I ever really paused to stop and give my all of my emotions um, – uh, an identity, nor do I give them um, an attributing factor. Yeah. Um, I think they bubble up. I try very <laughs> hard not to, um, I try very hard not to give them too much. Um, I try not, I try not to give the ones that don't um, deserve to be there. Yeah. Um, too much credit, energy. you know? Yeah. Energy. So, you know, but these songs, um, the truth is, I was going to do Cassandra Wilson's Time at the Time on the Carnegie Hall live stream that I just did, but I, I, um, the program was too long, and I, and I had to get rid of something, and um, so I ended up, you know, not using that one. And as for the other two uh, gospel pieces, I, I'm an old school, like you know, mass choir gospel person kind of sound. I, 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 I like the newer things, but when I stopped drive, well, I still drive, but when I moved to New York and stopped driving around regularly, I stopped getting all of my music information from the radio. Um, and mostly it was from 104.7 or V103. Um, and on Sundays, you know, whatever was 
the top gospel hit, uh, that's that's what I would play. And when I left New York, it was about 2002. And that's kind of around when, for me, the sound of gospel decided to change shape and it became more of a, uh, a group sound, a smaller sound or more produced. Like an ensemble. An sound, ensemble, yeah. thank you. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with that. It is just, I like to hear what I'm used to sometimes. Some, I I'm want not, something to not change. I am not mad at that, Titus. Yeah. I want the big sound. Give it to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give it to me. <laughs> Give it to me. Thank God for music. We can go back and reference it. When you're creating a, a piece, Titus, because I want to talk about everything that I can with you. You're so yeah. many things. You're an artist, though, overall, is the word. Uh, you can ask me anything you want because I will tell you the truth. <laughs> you always do. When you're creating, <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, I asked for it. When you <laughs> when you are creating a piece. <laughs> Sorry, we're friends too, you guys. So Titus, don't play. He don't. He don't. Oh, he don't man. mess with the words. But when you are creating a piece, my love, whether it be songwriting or musicals or tele- a television idea. What do you hear or see first? What's your, because oh, you know sure. sometimes people have visuals first and some people have m- music first. But I, I wonder for you, what comes first? It's a it's a feeling first, mm. um, and it has color. Um, and if it's something for the television space, uh, you know, I I try and look for. Um, a place where there is a deficit either in the world or in my life. And I find that when I start from that place where I find that there is a deficit, then I'm able to bring it into focus. Um, I try and answer what has not been answered. Um, I march to the beat of my own drum and I always have. And uh, the more successful I get, um, it has that logic has, has yielded different results, but I refuse to, I will be unwavering in that. I think um, my uniqueness and my unique point of view is the only uh, truth I am beholden uh, to. And uh, it is, it's the only standard with which I measure um, anything by. And so when I'm writing music or getting ready to make a recipe, you know, I, I look for textures and, and, and colors and themes that uh, have not been explored um, or have not been explored through the lens uh, that I uh, have seen it. You know, and I, then I think, well, what do I want to see that I can't find? What mm. do I want to hear that I can't haven't heard? What do, if, if it's, you know, um, a, a song cycle or a musical or whatever it is. I, I think, well, if I were in the audience, what what would I want to have happen at this moment? So I kind of start with a bunch of questions and they generally kind of tell me uh, the answer. I would love to sit here and, and say, you know, I'm responsible for this, that, and the other, or I... Um, I, I but I'm not. I... I, I truly truly try and answer those questions with a as much of a god-like energy as i possibly can to allow for um 
a truth higher than myself to um, to ring true through my uniqueness. Yeah. It, it took, did it take forever for you to find your own voice? Hell no. I'm an only child. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to laugh. It's just beautiful. You're like, child, I've been spending time with myself. I know who uh, I am yeah. by myself. <laughs> I, I, I work best by myself. I, mm-hmm. I like being alone. Um, I thrive in isolation. I'm not having as hard a time as some other people with this mandatory quarantine that we are experiencing right now in this unfortunate uh, pandemic. But um, no, I've, I've, in fact, what I've wrestled with um, was everyone else's opinion about how I should behave and how I should think and when I should speak wow. up and who I should say it to. It was everyone else who had the problem. It was never me. Yeah. And the more I bring into focus uh, my confidence and the more I, um, and I don't try and hide my messiness. I am beautifully flawed. And um, I just, the, the, the people, what is it? Write the vision, make it plain that they may run. And I thank for the Lord said it. You can count on it. You'll do just what he said. I believe yes. Donald Lawrence may have wrote a mm-hmm. version of that song with that text from the Bible. But I have always experienced um, visions and they have always been plain to me. But what I learned is that everyone else ain't going to see it. And so you should not run around telling everyone your ideas right off right away. You, right. Should, you shouldn't, you know, it, it is, if God wanted uh, the world to see things simultaneously, we wouldn't have Malcolm X's. We wouldn't have had Martin Luther King's. We wouldn't have had Obama, Obama's. We wouldn't have had lettuces, nor would we have had Titus's. Right. So um, I, I take uh, messages very seriously and I take my jobs very seriously and my obligation to interpret um, um, the images and the broad strokes that I feel God sometimes gives me. And, and I try and turn them into material that the world can digest. So do you know how long does it take so many people to get to their own voice? And you already know what that is, which is so... That's why I gravitate towards individuality, people who have their own voice and know who they are and like, whatever, I may not, not everybody going to like it, but here it is. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. I just, yeah. I love people that are adventurous like that. How, what advice would you give to someone who is coming from a place where they're figuring out their voice? Cause there are people sure. that I know that I- have done theater and then they decide I'm going to be an artist and they still you mean like a recording artist recording or, artist or, or, yeah a recording nice. artist and then they're figuring out their voice but you still sound like the character you played you know what I mean or like oh, sure, 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 different sure. people who are um, mimicking other voices and and being popular for those but still don't have their own voice well, how listen, do you find your I can't voice? tell you, I can't tell you how to find your voice, but I can tell you what will ambush you into, uh, uh paying attention to your own voice. Mm. And what will ambush you into doing that is mimicry and, uh, jumping on the bandwagon and replicating what other people have already done is going to get you nowhere. Mm. Wow. And <laughs> it's going to get you nowhere very, very fast. And you will be successful at doing and being absolutely nothing. Um, and you will become so 
grossly exhausted and fatigued by your continuous efforts, thinking that you are um, uh, thinking that you are putting out uniqueness, uh, but when in fact it looks and smells and acts and walks and talks just like every other bland uh, uh, thing that is is out in the world, that you will have no other choice but to look within. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people uh, uh, like you know want life to be bodegas and convenience stores and drive-throughs and they they want like you know add water and stir careers and the things that stick are the voices and people who uh are so unique that they are undeniable you hear them you know exactly who they are you watch them on screen and they disappear into uh characters and and at some point you will begin to see it'll be so clear and so plain yeah. and obvious that you will have no other choice but to realize that the way to move forward is your own unique way. Well, when you came out with um, St. Titus, your latest EP, I love it. And then I just, I couldn't wait to ask you why St. Titus Sure. and some of the inspiration with the visuals and all that. Okay. <laughs> so i am anything but a saint uh, mm. but we've learned that saints are sinners who fell down and got back up right uh -huh. um the black church is uh a space and a place where i grew up in um but they didn't grow up with me wow and i quickly realized that uh i was poster child for all things anti what the church stands for you're not supposed to be gay you know you're not supposed to be um wild you're not supposed to have partied you're not supposed to have made mistakes in life none of these things when in fact if we are perfectly honest the church is littered with flawed human beings especially some in the pulpit but for some reason people of color in the, the space of religion, it has been my experience. Um, uh, I've become complacent with lies. You know, they say faith without works is dead. And so many of people will just cut out the work and we just announce our faith and we hoot and holler and we yes, lorded and, and you know, aren't putting our, uh, putting kinetic energy um, um, where it deserves to be. And the church is the one place where we are to find or supposed to have found endless, boundless, timeless love from God and uh, among God's people. Mm -hmm. And yet and still, I find that 10 a.m., 11 a.m. worship to be one of the most divisive hours of uh, the day on Sunday and during the week. And uh, it is often a place where the disenfranchised go. And, and rather than feeling that lure of the warmthness of God and goddess, father and mother and mother nature and her gorgeous universe, yeah. as opposed to feeling that beautiful uh, uh, allure uh, and being lured into um, a covenant with who we know Christ to be, it's the opposite and they feel more turned away and disenfranchised and more wounded than they did when they first uh, came in there. So 
my my EP is not entirely um, religious, although um, the song. Uh, uh, oh, open letter. Sorry. Open letter. Yes. It was sort of um, a peek into my people. You know, the lyrics start yeah. with uh, oh, "Why you can't see me? Um, we look the same. Um, we breathe. We bleed." Um, you know, and I, I to this day can't figure out what the the block is and why there is such a a visceral pushback and divide. I, when I was writing it, I was going through a very bizarre time of um, a spiritual attack, an attack from people, and I'm still still on some level experiencing a version of of that energy from the outside world. But what I find that is the more I decide to tell the truth and my truth, the stronger the enemy comes uh, towards me because it doesn't want to hear my side of the story. Mm. And uh, so I went for the jugular and presented a picture and a sound and a look um, that was holy and calm, but I was anything but. <laughs> you came out swinging. Come on. You came out swinging. I I love it's like art, it's visual art, the art with words. But there were there were some tender moments. I'll be all right was one of my favorites. Yeah. I and mean, when you performed it on when you performed it on the view too. It's just like it was very tender too. I mean, you were displaying a, a story that isn't told as often. Right. Like you said earlier. Yeah, it's it's I, I find let's see that that uh, I'm so blessed to have come to the world on an international level um, via uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, and you know thanks to Tina Fey and Robert yeah. Carlock for giving me that job. And but what it did was made everything I said, whether I was being serious or not, people could people thought it was funny. Um, it, 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 they could only hear it through the lens of uh, comedic lens, yeah. you know, and whenever I display real, you know me very well. I am an introvert. I don't like to be the center of attention. Um, I'm a giver. I'm overly generous. I'm yep. a problem solver. I troubleshoot. I try and make people not feel or, or be forced to absorb shock. And I take on all that stuff, probably to a fault. And that coupled with my jobs and how I have been presented in the world, you know, it, it, whenever I display um, characteristics of being a flawed human being, rather than love being the first thing I felt, it was, um, oh, look at this uh, uh, imposter. I knew that nigga couldn't have been as, as syrupy sweet, you know, as blah, blah, blah. And, and I've never wow. presented myself, I've never presented myself in any other way other than wonderfully human. And so I thought, let me put some music out in a space that might give people a peek into what, how I see the world. Yeah. Um, and um, I try and have the patience with the world and the people that was shown to me when I first got to New York. I try and have the patience of people in the world that I learned that Christ exhibits uh, to her church, um, that, uh, or sorry, Christ exhibits to uh, the church. Um, and um, 
I don't, I'm not always successful. Um, but I, I, there's a fair amount of turning the other cheek that I have to do because if I fought every single battle with my words or rather with, with my fists and, and, you know, came out of my face. And if I, if I did spend all my time doing that, I'd never get anything done in the way of presenting art and letting you make an educated decision for yourself. Well, I'm glad you took all this on and showed other sides of yourself besides what we see in your films and television shows and all that. This is this, I don't know. The EP gave me joy because I saw the Titus that I know, Mm. you know what I mean? I'm I'm just talking from my perspective of, I was like, Oh yes, this is, this is his sound. This is what he loves, you know, and this is his tender moments and all the, stuff that you don't really show hadn't yet to show. I'll just say that in um, your, the other parts of your artistry. I, I wanted to ask this question earlier. And after this, I have one more question. What stories do you want to see that you haven't seen, whether it be on stage, film or television, or even in, in song? I think uh, this is, this happens to be what I want to see. And also what I think we need to see. I love that. Um, love isn't... that. Love that Titus. <laughs> <laughs> but I think what uh, needs to be seen, let us see, are stories about mental health issues in the in the uh, ethnic communities, not just the black communities, but the the, the disenfranchised communities. Yes. What what a pan, what for instance this pandemic and what it has done to exacerbate those who are not in a healthy mental mental uh, state. And um, in terms of music, you know, it's it's interesting our minds. Uh, our subconscious, our thoughts are are coming so fast that I think most humans think like jazz uh, musicians who are improvising. And it all is, you know, to the untrained ear, it sounds jumbled and like it doesn't make sense. But to those of us who understand what is happening and understand the musical form, we know that this is an exploration um, inside um, certain rules and the rules have temporarily been broken to allow for um, a broader exploration, right? Yeah. And I think that uh, um, uh, operas um, need to, to learn how to, or operas need to, uh, uh, major opera companies and opera houses like the Met and, and, and uh, La Scala, all these places um, need to, uh, be more focused on uh, doing American operas. Um, I mm. think, uh, you know, I, it's hard enough being a, a composer. It's hard enough trying to be a composer for TV or movies or theatrical space or, you know, R&B and, and, and gospel space or whatever, but breaking, being an operatic composer, you might as well hang it up. Like, who's going <laughs> to produce it? Who, right. Who's going to come see it? You know what I mean? Right. And so, so I think there are so many um, ways to have a larger conversation on larger and different uh, platforms that would invite larger audiences so that we uh, aren't always chasing um, subscribers. So that we aren't always chasing how fast the, uh, the trends are, uh, yeah. are being set, you know, so that we learn to keep up with the times and don't create uh, art and spaces that are just, you know, for the elite, those who can afford it, you know, those those who who 
who know about it, uh, um, but figure out ways to get it to the people and get it funded in a way that we, the artist is taken care of and isn't always the one who has to bleed in order to, to get something out there into the world. So that's what I think we need to see. See, that brought up one other question. Okay, Sonam High. Why? Why? What's the love affair there? Uh, Sondheim? <laughs> Sondheim, yes. What, you love him. Like I worship that man. I call him, I call him Godheim. Godheim? <laughs> <laughs> I understand why. I understand why. Don't let me be clear. But I would like you to tell others. Okay. Because I have some friends, we talk about it all the time. And we sing all the melodies and you know, into the woods and so on and so on. Wonderful composer who's done everything. I mean, Streisand was like the first where I heard him first. I was like, who wrote this? <laughs> yeah, this, Son, Stephen Sondheim for me um, is kind of the master. Um, and the, the, the... And when you sing his music? Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I learned of Sondheim when I was uh, a kid. Um, and I grew up watching when I, so during the summers, um, because my mom was a single parent, I would spend the summers with my grandmother while my mom worked. And, um, I then would, um, I would stay with her Monday through Friday and my mom would take me on the weekends. Well, during the week I would be with my grandparents working in on their farm, uh, doing all my chores in the fields, feeding slop to the hogs, wow. um, to the chickens, and like you know, getting my hands dirty. And you had to, I could drive a tractor, like a whole the whole night. Well, there was I'll never forget. There's this one day where um, there's a huge, huge thunderstorm, and my grandparents only got like three channels. They got ABC, and this is with an antenna. How come um, I they, know this? Like really. <laughs> 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 they got ABC, NBC, and PBS. Well, um, they lived on, or, or they, they lived in a house that had a, a, a tin roof. And when it would rain, oh man, it would just, it sounded, to me, it sounded heavenly. And it would put everyone to sleep. Well, I couldn't go to sleep this one day. And so my grandmother was on the couch. My granddad fell asleep in his chair. And I just turned on the TV and the only thing that would, and I didn't, I was too afraid to mess with the configuration that my granddad had <laughs> taken so long to perfect so that we could. <laughs> so so uh, I just watched whatever came with the TV. Well, long story short, what came on TV was Sunday the Park with George. And I was way too young to understand what I was watching, but energetically, um, musically, I, I felt nourished and I felt connected and I had the wherewithal to pay attention to the credits and it starred Bernadette Peters um, and oh. Mandy Patinkin and the music washed over me. Oh, it gives me chills thinking about Legacy. The music washed over me in such a way. I, I truly, I was forever changed. And for me, having not, um, having found Christ yet, the way that my cousins and my grandmother knew and my mom knew, to me, the reaction that I had to his music looked the way that they reacted when they would hear gospel music and sing the hymns. And I was crying and shaking and, and, uh, and I just remember thinking, Oh my God, had I, had I found a version of the Holy spirit. You know? <laughs> and, um, and so, um, I love it. I, that is, that is where the love affair began. And this man writes the human condition in the most complex uh, uh, or uh, way, but also the most accessible way, and 
he 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 doesn't shy away from our neuroses and explores them in such a way that makes me feel normal. Um, and uh, you know, everyone in the theater community, he's the holy holy grail. And I I turn to him when I need a word from God. Yeah. Well, they'll see. They'll see. And you're writing, you're songwriting with uh, musical theater, they'll, they'll hear that influence. And when they see you, like, I mean, you started the year off selling out Carnegie Hall singing a tribute to him. So there you go. I mean, it's just beautiful. Just so beautiful. Uh, he called, uh, or at least I'm told, that he just got in touch with Carnegie Hall. You know, they film things for archival purposes and he got in touch with Carnegie Hall and he's uh, twice now has asked to see the concert um, and so I'm I'm I just you know he gave me permission to to use his catalog and so I was aware that he was aware of me but it just getting this close to the hem of his garment if you will <laughs> uh, it just is so special well, I'm mad I missed that show. I was supposed to be there. But you were supposed to God be bless, in it. God bless. Look. <laughs> Let us know. I, 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 me and, and, and Carnegie have have a, a lovely, beautiful, creative relationship. So I am certain that you and I will grace that stage together in some way, shape, form, I or fashion. I will lose my mind if that happens. I just love that <laughs> room, especially for that style of music. It, yes, it just marries so nicely. And my last question Titus is just asking you um, about the greatest piece of advice you've received that has stayed with you throughout your journey so far. The I don't know if this was advice, but this was a quote that a friend of mine by the name of uh, Karine Plantadi, um, and uh, she's a, um, a Tony-nominated uh, actress uh, and dancer, and. Um, She's from south, uh, the south of France, and she is Buddhist. And uh, she said to me, Titus, I want you to remember, you have nothing to prove, only to share. And it reverberated throughout my pores. And I... I Gave I me chills so, right now. Gave yeah. Me chills. Yeah. I became so much... I was like, I turned... I turned me into myself and became myself so much more that only thing I knew how to give from then on was myself. And uh, it, it, it punctuated the individuality and the uniqueness that I um, had long since had growing up um, in a single parent home, um, marching to the beat of my own drum. But suddenly those things that I thought I had to defend uh, uh, in an effort to be myself uh, disappeared and all that remained was you know me putting my artistic food out for the birds to come and eat at their leisure and if they want it they can have it and if they don't it is okay enough said thank you titus for making time Lancy, i love you uh <laughs> love and i'm so glad pieces. you were doing this and uh thank you for having me and yeah so i'll talk to you soon my dear i love you thank you i love you too <laughs> 